Lost in all the questions of life's strange and secret ways Is there meaning in these moments that fill our number days? Are we dreaming that we're here? Welcome back to the living room. It's been a while since I saw you. Hey, you wouldn't happen to have Neko wafers on you, would you? No? Shoot. I could really go for one right now. Anyway, head on in. The crew is talking to their good friend Suzanne today. All right, welcome one and all to Living Room Therapy. Uh, We call it therapy, but it's really just talking. Don't get therapy from us. Don't take any psychological or emotional or or life skills advice from us. Just hang out with us. Us being Paul, who's over there. Hello. And there's Jacqueline. Good evening or morning and i'm reed and our very special guest tonight today midday time is suzanne welcome yay one more technical question (laughs) i'm curious since we're i'm not doing this via headphones i'm wondering if i should put my headphones on and sync it to my ipad the speaker on the iPad might also be recording on Audacity when you guys are talking. Is that going to screw things up? We have a backup with Zoom, so it doesn't matter. We, okay. There's a backup plan here. We're, we're, okay. we're, uh, if Audacity doesn't work, we'll use the Zoom. So the format, I'm embarrassed to admit that I've only listened to a partial podcast. <laughs> and it was the one that I think Sharon commented, Sharon is my social media friend, and it was about Paul playing hockey. So I'm not familiar with the format. Right. So what do we do now, right? Yeah. What do you guys do? Yeah. Well, by now, everybody that's like you has stopped listening because they heard enough. (laughs) (laughs) So it really doesn't matter what the format is. Right. Yeah, we usually ask 20 questions. Is it bigger than a bread box? (laughs) That's how we start. I think what Reed's... Yeah, what is he trying to say, Paul? You speak for... I think he's trying to say that we don't have a format and that we're kind of freeform, (laughs) is what he's trying to say. Well, I was scrolling through my iPhone. I don't know if you guys have iPhones or other types of phones, but there's a weather app where you can see what the weather is in other parts of the world. And you can load up to like 20 locations. And there are lots of different reasons for why you would have those locations on your phone and be checking the weather there, which I do regularly, especially when the weather is like this. So I would like to know what everyone else's uh, weather feeds look like and why. Well, I'm I'm happy to share that information. Well, I think the underlying issue is that uh, Suzanne is not down with the best weather in the world, which is Pacific Northwest. Is she not? I know a little bit about this issue. We'll call it an issue as opposed to a syndrome. Um, But tell us, tell us your attitude during, uh, during this February, 2021. I, I can't admit that I don't like the weather in the Pacific Northwest. That's not That's not true Um, because I do love it at other times of the year besides January and February. I don't like gray 
raining sideways, 40 degree weather for weeks on end. I do not like that. And so you see, you, you check what's happening in the Bahamas and that makes you feel better? I don't, maybe, yeah, maybe it does. Not worse. It, it makes me uh, envision maybe your, um, imagine being warm and comfortable and dry. Yeah, I think we all need a vacation from this COVID. That's what I would say. I've been thinking about Florida, Hawaii. Uh, I don't love the Bahamas, to be honest with you. There's, uh, it's not my favorite location, but I've been thinking about San Diego, Arizona a little bit, just someplace warm. I, I agree with Suzanne about the weather. So this app, right? So you've got 20 that are pinned in there. Like you see them every day, I'm assuming. You can change them. You can delete things. Or if you're looking forward to going to a certain place, or if you have a friend that lives in a certain place and then you're not friends with that friend anymore, you can delete it. You can add things. Um, <laughs> Hell with their weather. So my great friend, uh, Jackie, who I've known since seventh grade, lives in Mandan, North Dakota. And if you're interested. It's freezing. <laughs> it today, right now, is minus 17 degrees there is an expected low of minus 24 tomorrow. <laughs> well, that does make me feel better. I used to have Plain, Washington on my weather app and Lake Bay. And I, I probably had um, Cancun, but they all disappeared because I, I didn't look at them uh, in a long time. So what other things do you do? Like, I'm just curious. So this weather app, you go on there. Were there any big surprises today besides North Dakota? <laughs> Um, surprises. I don't know. Yeah, something that just really like you connected with or you really got moved by. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think I was moved by by much. I'm I'm always uh, loving my imaginary weather in my mind in mm. Hawaii, of course. Mm. Yes. Okay, so loving but not moved. Well, she's fantasizing about about Hawaiian weather, and I can totally relate to that. I've been looking at. Uh, you know, real estate. And so I have, I have feeds for real estate that I've been, you know, looking at. And, you know, I joke about, it's like real estate porn, you know, cause I look at it, you know, every day and I'm looking at places in sunnier, warmer places to have a, be a snowbird someday. I think there was an SNL sketch this last week about Zillow. Yes, there was on Zillow. Mm -hmm. That was very funny. So I could relate to that. I for I use Redfin. Okay. I'm making a little plug for a local company here, Redfin. All right. As well as Zillow. Zillow's local as well. Thanks to our sponsor, Redfin. <laughs> you think real estate porn addiction will be a therapeutic concern in the future? Only if it becomes a problem and uh, it doesn't cost me anything but time. I don't want to talk about uh, a client who could identify him or herself by my description. I, I got that advice from uh, from somebody I trust. So I got to be careful, but let's just say I knew somebody who had a conflict with his or her spouse because of spending a lot of time on Zillow when they didn't have the money to move. It was years away, but I think it made the spouse feel a certain way, as the kids say. Threatened? I don't know. Yeah. I get RV magazine and people are surprised about that because I have this fantasy. That's almost what we're talking about fantasies of just driving around the country. Uh, and I love visiting national parks with my friend uh, in an RV and we take lots of pictures, but I have a goal someday rather than be in his RV that we could be in my RV or 
I could take people for different road trips and see all the national parks and ha have different friends along the way, either meet me and join me for a week or two. Not long enough that we'd get on each other's nerves, but long enough that we'd catch up and have a great time. You know, much like we used to road trip uh, together, only we'd have a lot more room than we did in uh, even Jacqueline's uh, van. Or that small car. Oh, well, that small car was... Though I like the back seat of the car, I felt I felt cozy and cramped, but it was cozy. <laughs> yes. Well, I I now have a turgid uh, travel member for just hearing you talk about that, Paul. Yes, I, I'm going to need some place to park at Jacqueline, though, because my uh, homeowners association doesn't love RVs. So you on Zillow, you've been eyeing my um, no. large landscape. <laughs> no, I've been to your house, so I I, I I just noticed that you have a parking space that I might be able to use someday. Well, you can use it anytime you want. Well, I do think about how fun it would be to be in Hawaii, but I don't look at the weather because I know it's 78 degrees. And, uh, but sometimes I look at those, uh, those webcams of eagles nests, but I don't look at beaches or for so much that we have in common. That's one thing that's really uh, outside of my, my ken. You mentioned webcam webcams and i do enjoy a panda cam here and there oh ooh, well, that sounds good yeah and how about puppy cams puppy cams yeah i've not not yeah. seen puppy cams yeah. in the um in my office when i was in pioneer square um i had a a big tv screen on the wall and so i would sometimes cast different like there's orcas up i forget what sound it is but they have an orca cam so I would just, I mean, it was really kind of a pleasant backdrop and people would ask about it. I'd say, well, actually it's live. Um, so you, every <laughs> once in a while you'd see a, you know, them breaching, spouting. Or there was another one where it was an eagle's nest and the babies, there was, I believe there was only two eggs. There might've been a third, but only one of them hatched. And so like, I was just waiting every day to see if this one would hatch and it never did. But it was really cool watching this little baby grow up and stuff, so. That is fun. There's a wolf preserve uh, set of cams I know I've heard of, but I haven't looked at. Lots of ways to escape uh, the place you are. Which is not always bad. Or, or enhance. It's a big world. We can, what a, what a wonderful world where we can, we can travel like that. And if you have, if, if, and I think we were supposed to have had a lot more VR experiences by now in our lives, VR TVs, VR computers. But wouldn't it be nice if you could put yourself into, into all of those vacation settings, wildlife settings, uh, undersea worlds? That would actually be very cool. Uh, my son has uh, VR glasses and they, they, they are pretty realistic. I get disoriented though, trying to game with them, to be honest. What game do you play with? I don't even remember. It was a virtual shooting game though. And uh, I was, you know, you'd have to grab different guns and shoot. And it was really, uh, <laughs> let's just say I, I would be killed if, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if I was actually playing, I used to play paintball and uh, it was a lot harder than paintball. It seemed mm -hmm. like, cause you had to choose your weapon and then you had to learn how to load it virtually without actually holding anything. So it was kind of interesting to like pretend to hold something and, and, you know, be shooting, you know, zombies, et cetera. Suzanne, you're not a gamer per se, are you? Or I'm not. So your game is uh, checking the weather. <laughs> you know, I used to love video games when they came out in the 80s, you know, when I was a kid and all the fun kind of arcadey type stuff. And then I just, I don't know, lost interest, couldn't keep up. 
or just not good at them. I don't know. What was your favorite? Probably Frogger. Frogger. I remember Frogger. It's kind of like what homeless people do in Seattle these days, crossing the street without following the lights in the crosswalks. And luckily there's no traffic right now. So they're always winning. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> they are always winning. And I'm letting, I'm, I'm happily letting them win. I don't want to hit anyone. I just get frustrated when you're driving along and they just seem to, you know, walk out like, hey, I don't care. There was that one guy you hit though on when we were on that road trip, Paul. That was not yes. cool. In a blackout, yeah. The, imag- oh, yeah. the, 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 the imaginary yeah. one. That's what we told you that it was just a dream. Yeah, we that was that that was the first body we had to dispose of. Suzanne, were you ever uh, inclined to come, or was it always a pretty solid no? I was, but I had done at home, and it just seemed like it was a hard hard for me to pull off. I bet, yeah, balancing. Yeah everything that I had going on when we were in graduate school. So, and you were driving so far too to get to school. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember that I was blown away at how much time you put in to commute. You get used to it. Didn't seem like a big deal after a while, just became kind of part of my day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love seeing you guys, but I have to ask, like, I have this horrible like tech launch to, you know, be on this podcast. And now I feel like, do you guys have like interesting guests ever? Mm, yeah, no, not at all. We, we, oh, we've, had, we've had lots of interesting guests, but you're interesting too. Right. We Thank just you. Uh, had you on last minute. So maybe we didn't prepare as well as we should have. Have we prepared? I, I mean, the thing is like, we've had my husband and we've had, you know, Reed's wife. We've had who, I mean, just, just all just, the big heavy hitters. Just all the big, all the we've had mma fighter we did yeah we've 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 also had an author well think back suzanne to uh one of our vacations together i you know i've i'm the monkey in the middle i vacationed with all of y'all and remember i circulated the proust questionnaire one year Yes, and, and asked us all to contemplate questions and we'd ask each other some of the questions and how about we give you a chance to be interesting by asking interesting questions? Pressure. Okay, I'll do it. Well, no, it's if, if, if you're not interesting, it's, on, it's the question. <laughs> okay, how about what do you consider the most overrated virtue? What's a virtue again? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you could just say next to if you want. I don't know. Is sentimentality a virtue? Hmm. I think it could be. Yeah. Let's make it. Yeah. Some people harbor a lot of it, don't they? Tell us more. Um, I think sentimentality creates problems. Now, does that mean you struggle with not being sentimental or are you just completely eschew it? I do have Christmas ornaments that I hang up every year that I kind of like to unpack and they're sort of cute and they remind me of things. And, you know, that's, I guess, sentimental, right? Well, no, I think that's more nostalgia. It doesn't have to, there might be a line there. I see that. I mean, I'm not saying that you're not sentimental at all, but. Let's define sentimentalism or maybe over-sentimentalism. Okay, go ahead. Define yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> you're, the, it, you're the one that has the problem with it. Right, I do. What? what do you mean by it? I mean, hearing nice music and liking it. Is that sentimental? I guess I mean more in terms of stuff. 
Oh. Yeah. I think it, yeah. it leads to problems with with things. So your Christmas ornaments are on the on the border between yeah. too sentimental and, and, and acceptable. I think so. Okay. What uh what have you what objects have you discarded because you just felt too heartwarmed toward them? Okay, here's a great example of where sentimentality is good. So I'm going to avoid your question. <laughs> um, I have some old friends from like middle school who I kind of reconnected with and they came to visit pre-COVID. And my friend Michelle brought like this box of notes that I had given her in like seventh and eighth grade. And we sat and just died laughing for hours reading these things you know the perspective on life you know at age 12 and what speaks to you at age 12 all recorded and she saved them you know I have a friend who has like every stuffed animal she's ever received from someone important to her is that sentimental or is that that's sentimental it's hoarding (laughs) (laughs) I'm on the edge of hoarding (laughs) myself So I can relate, I can relate to that. I have letters from college and I actually just sent them back to one of my high school friends and she showed them to her kids and we got a good laugh out of them because I had time during this whole COVID thing. So it was pretty interesting to send her some letters that she wrote me when she was a freshman uh, in college. And and I wish I had the other half of the letter because I don't even know what we were talking about on my end. I have a question and I I had a dilemma the other night because we have, we have a, a specific box for sentimental items and it's in one box and then everything else, there's other boxes that have come along with the move that now that I'm being very deliberate about what deliberate about where I put things um, they're kind of on the chopping block, different things from my past are. Now I have my mom's wedding dress. She was, I mean, I'm married now. I'm not going to get married again. And so I've got this dress. I'm sure my daughter is going to be not the size that my mom was. I mean, my mom was like a size zero or size two. I don't think Evelyn with me being five, eight and Dave being six, three and our jeans being really tall that she's going to be able to wear this dress someday. I don't know what to do with it, you guys. So I could, I could use a little bit of advice. Well, there's two options that comes to mind for me. Definitely take a picture of it so you have it, that sentimental thing and that doesn't cost anything to store. And then you have to decide, is there someone you could give it to who might use it? Uh, you know, because it, it, I'd be hard pressed to s- suggest, you know, throwing it away. That seems, you know, but there might be somebody you could donate it to who could actually use it and cherish it. Go to tinypoorbride.org <laughs> okay. and list it. Okay. I think I would maybe encourage you to imagine how you might feel if you didn't have it anymore. Fine. Yeah. I think I'd feel fine. Okay. <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been, I've been contemplating this and I got just the other night with Dave, we were talking about it and I don't, I mean, it actually is, I just see it and I'm like, why is it still here? I don't know. I don't have any attachment to it. I don't have attachment to a lot of things, Yeah, but it's still there. You've been good about being a minimalist. I, I admire you. I'm going through the minimalist challenge right now. So uh, I'm on day 11. So, so far I've been meeting it, but. Uh, oh, what do you have to do in your challenge? Oh, so we, each day, like the first day of the month, you get rid of one thing, the second day, two, the third day, three. And so now I'm on day 11. But when you get done of February, which is the shortest month to be fair, you should have gotten rid of 406 items. So really the, the tough days are ahead of me still. 
What have you gotten rid of? Lots of magazines, a few books, a lot of socks, uh, a lot of uh, things out of the junk drawer. <laughs> Tomorrow is my day where I have to, uh, and this is embarrassing. I thought I only had a thousand books, but I started counting. It's well over 1200. <laughs> so uh, and I, Jacqueline, I have a few of yours that I found in a box that you had, when you were purging that uh, I took from you. <laughs> Uh, when you were purging, not oh, many. Oh, speaking but, of but, uh, Paul, I have business data of yours. Do you want that book back? No, well, that was a gift. That was actually a gift to your husband. Well, so I know, gonna, but I I want it back. Yes, if you're going to give it away, if you're done with it, yes. I would like it. I don't, <laughs> you you but, suck at this minimalist shit. <laughs> I do, I do. But you know what? That 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 book is a great book, and you know, I'd like you know, maybe the other thing you could do is pass it on to another dad. Otherwise, give it back to me and I'll find another dad who'll give it because I thought okay, that was so, an excellent book. Okay. So yes. Okay. And you still have a book you want to borrow from me. What's that? Do you remember what it is? The Love Art of Love or Love of Art? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're back to what, 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 what Kay was talking about. Oh, no, it's yeah. the war on, it's the war on art. That's She's exactly, talking about. I was close. Love, war, Art. Art. You were, you were in the neighborhood, right? Right church, wrong pew. How about that? Right church, wrong pew. Hey, close to my counts and horseshoes and hand grenades. When I was dealing poker, there was a lady who always said when she wouldn't get the card she needed, she'd be like, oh, uh, right barn, wrong stall. Right barn, wrong stall. It's like, what does that mean? Um, maybe right barn, wrong stall. but I don't know. <sighs> anyway, okay. So yeah, can I have that book? when i see you because i'm still unsure about your mailing address it keeps getting things keep coming <laughs> no, it's, back it's back it's good now we're good okay so we'll yeah. sync up later about it not on, not okay. on the air what your mailing address is currently uh it, you just send it to little brides poor dot org too funny yeah donating it definitely makes sense thank yeah. you i appreciate your guys's advice yeah, yes. you didn't think we were going to say, uh, make a giant uh, light box for it and put it up on your wall, right? <laughs> ooh, ooh, with little fairy lights. Well, mm -hmm. you know. I thought Miss Sentimental was going to, but she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a good conversation to have about, you know, where's the balance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to get help sometimes, because it's hard to really wrestle it alone. You guys bring up a good point about things that are worth saving. You know, if no one saved old letters, then we wouldn't have all of these really neat pieces of history. And if no one saved old coins or if no one, you know, historians, they do that stuff. They, they're, I don't know. Are you a historian if you hoard sentimental stuff? <laughs> you may be. What's interesting though, having had to clear out other people's houses after they die uh, and stuff. It is a lot of work to sift through thousands of pictures, cards, you know, and it's interesting to read, read some stuff, but other stuff, you don't even know who the people are in the letters or, or who but the I people are in the pictures. It's a pendulum, right? I mean, yeah. I would say if you collect it and there's actually something done with it, whether it's, you know, you're putting in a book or you're doing, but if it's just collecting the collect and it's, then yeah, it's on the other side of the pen pendulum. It's just take, it's not worth keeping. Like Beanie Babies? Well, I don't Supposedly know. Supposedly they're collectibles like my beer cans, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure hoping somebody, my dad throws out my beer cans. Somebody could do something very creative and interesting. I'm not that person. 
Okay, next question. Uh, what is your most treasured possession? Well, does, can I count like my dog? Ooh. Maybe like a little poetry book that was my grandma's. That's kind of sweet. Ooh. I love not to bring up the Christmas ornaments ad nauseum, but I love opening those up. Um, you love opening the Christmas ornaments because they're from your childhood? Some of them are. I mean, they sort of span my lifetime. I'm not a Christmas tree decorator type person. They're just all kinds of things that my son made. And, you know, those those things are really important. I would also say probably the Mother's Day cards that I've collected over the years from Dylan. And I don't know. Very sentimental things, though, aren't they? They're not really things of value. <laughs> yeah. I'll go because I know what my most or least... A couple of them are my high school yearbook, a bunch of pictures of my friends and family. So I, if, like if I was going to grab a few things, because this is the way I think about it, if I, like the earthquake comes or I have to get out, I know right where I need to grab the yearbooks and the photo albums. I know right where they are. I know essentially the key things. Just a couple other things in terms of most of them have to do with, you know, memories that are attached to them. Reed, you seem to kind of have a lot of stuff, like things and in your home, in your office that are cool and interesting and neat and valuable? I mean, would it be hard for you to, to choose? Yes. I, um, I, I treasure these welding goggles because <laughs> they're new. Those are nice. So I like variety. I in mm -hmm. my life. When I think of my treasured possessions, I think of a box in the garage labeled Reed's Special Things. And they go back probably before high school uh, up until uh, the nineties, maybe, or the last time we moved, well, it was, I guess we moved here in about 1995. And if I never saw any of that stuff again, it, I wouldn't know the difference. I treasure stuff, but in a, in a detached kind of a way, I have a machete in my garage that I found in the woods that I kind of treasure. I have a switchblade that my uncle gave me that was uh, special at the time when I was uh, about nine or something, and it's still pretty special now. I'm surprised, Reed, because you're a peace-loving guy. You're a guy who, you know, puts a peace symbol into his, carves into yeah. his lawn. So yeah. You're talking yeah. about machetes and knives. Yeah. Wow. I hadn't noticed that those two are, are stabby, aren't they? Well, they're contradictory a little bit. Yeah, you know. I like tools. Oh, I will tell you my most treasured tool, okay? And it's not what you think. <laughs> so I have a lot of old and cool tools, and but I have some. I I have a, a set, a brand new set of tools. I something I'd never heard of before until I went to the Wade Garrett catalog and found them, and I and I says to myself, what in the world? are these i can't tell what they are by looking at them and i and even if i know the name i i don't know what they are and the name is gimlet i thought that's a drink like something i'd enjoy yes you would a gimlet these are made in france they are imagine if you wanted to drill a hole and instead of using a drill you just have the the bit part a, a little starter point and then an 
an auger back farther and then a handle. It's all one piece of wire. And in the seven, the reason of seven is get seven different gauges of holes. And I use these to hang pictures and to put up hooks for hanging uh, stained glass that, that uh, Savannah made. And so it's instead of getting out your drill, I need one of those. Just use these and they work so slick and they're so really? fun. And they're beautifully made. That sounds neat. <laughs> it is really, uh, it, it's, uh, I, I treasure them. I do. You know, I do leather work. So I treasure my new, uh, another new tool. It's a, it's a uh, sort of a sewing tool for, for leather, kind of an all type uh, deal with a threaded uh, needle, several, several different gauges. Again, you know, I like to do crafts and I like to do read, but none of my stuff books or machetes or uh, I guess those those gimlets are kind of stabby too aren't they, they are. metal important to you metal my I love my car it's a possession I uh, I do treasure it uh, but it's it's what it represents right it takes me from here to there and I like uh, mobility I like staying home and I like getting away from home are you utilitarian Am I, am I materialistic or am I anti-materialist? You said I have a lot of stuff, Suzanne, and that's for sure. Was that offensive? Uh, it's, it's neutral. You know, you seem to have a lot of curated things, I guess. Oh, you yeah. You have yeah. interesting things in your life. Yeah, well, I'm looking up on my shelf. You know, I have a little talking Yoda. I have uh, two helicopters that I can see. Who doesn't? Uh, yeah, I have a... Uh, <laughs> A luchador mask, various footballs, drums. Oh, here we go. I have x-ray specs. I don't have to show them to you. You know, everybody knows what they look like. And what do the x-ray specs do? Uh, they allow you to see through women's clothing. <laughs> oh. I, I, do they work over Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> of course they work over Zoom. But you got to make sure that, they're, that, that you don't peer too intensely through them or you'll see you'll just see right through to the bones yes in the current me too movement i don't think those are allowed anymore reed you know oh my god okay i am gonna i am gonna read some copyrighted material to you i think it's okay <laughs> i mean I'm not, we're not making any money oh my this. now he seems to have left left a set yeah he's back don't okay, worry okay so that here's quick so here, here are my X-ray specs. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Here, here. Oh, right. yeah. I, I remember those. Can you those. go back to the screen again? Uh, I got it. Hold on. Let me just take a, 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 nice, a nice snapshot of that. Go ahead and go back and put it in front there. Oh, yeah, okay. just so I can take a little screenshot for our viewers at home. Perfect. Thank you. That's nice. Okay. Now, <laughs> you're not going to believe the, uh, the instructions on the back. I'm not going to read all How of them. How old are those? Those look kind of classic. Yeah, these are these go way back. Uh, this is going to tell you. Well, the copyright on on the on the instructions is 1964. Ooh. This is what was fun back in 1964. It's the world's funniest practical joke: how to start a riot at the office. The following could be the funniest joke you'll ever hope to pull. If properly presented, you will have every girl in the room run away screaming or cringe blushing convince the gals that your x-ray specs are for real do that and they'll believe any suggestion you make 
Afterwards, have one try them on and show her how to see the bones in her fingers. When she does, immediately take the specks away from her. Have her tell the other girls that she really could see an x-ray view of her hand. Now reveal that you actually use them for looking at girls' charms right through their clothing. Put the specs on and appear to look her over. Be convincing. Pretend you can see everything. Whistle or grin suggestively and watch how fast you clear the room of embarrassed girls. Don't let the boss catch you. I could just see uh, as seen on TV <laughs> back in the day, but this is back even before TV was super popular. I could see whether a treasured item in your office. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel pretty uh, civilized uh, thinking that that's uh, kind of horrible. Yeah, that's just a different fa fan fantasies than real estate and weather. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to have therapeutic x-ray specs so you could like just really cut to the chase? Yeah. Ooh. I know you, I know both, I know all of you, and I think you do have x-ray specs and, but you don't cut to the chase because that's the client's job that is their job it is true you'd like them to be truthful and tell you the truth but sometimes they just well they lie to themselves like the real problem you know i mean that's the thing is that they lie to themselves i yes that's a huge yes. part of it yeah. yes they're in denial it takes a few duis for some people it takes a few uh trips to the hospital, a few, uh, a f you know, a few marriages sometimes, a few, you know, bad relationships in a row. So, yeah. I'm talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking about real sensitive there, Paul. Jacqueline, what about you? God, I was, I mean, as I'm listening to read about halfway through, I was just hard pressed to think of anything. And I'm really surprised uh, by that. Like if it were, if everything was burning down, I mean, a yearbook, really? I mean, I would be out the door. I won't care about any of my yearbooks. <laughs> I don't care about any of the, I mean, they're the pictures. I, I, don't, I don't really care about those things. Honestly, what I, what I figured out was these, the stupid plants. I care about my stupid plants. I water them. I take care of them. I like watching their little leaves sprout. I like seeing the new growth. I like seeing... Oh no, I watered them too much. And I, you know, I, I just, I really like seeing um, the impact that I have on these stupid plants. So I might go and take maybe, oh, I, I might get four of them out of here if I could. I mean, yeah, I'm going to get Evelyn out and the dogs and the cats and everything, but I might get a few plants. So you're not going to go grab the photo book I made for you? <laughs> <laughs> Because you know I could reprint another one anyway. I know. That'll be the first thing in my new newly built house will be a photo album from you. Thanks. Um, okay. That'll be perfect. Yeah. I'll tell you a houseplant story. So do you have any um, Diefenbachias? Uh, no, I don't you? think so. I got to look that up. Go ahead. Yeah. What is that? You'll recognize it. It's a broad-leafed uh, tropical yeah. shade plant. Oh, okay. It grows. It's, it's, it's. Um, it's it's like a vine if you're in the jungle, but in in a in a home, it's just sort of a, almost like a tree. Um, you know what they are, Suzanne? Probably. You're... I just have a picture. Yep. Okay, I've That's seen it. them before at least. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I have one that is in a pot, is in a pink '50s 
pot from about 1954, five, right in there. And I have pictures of me crawling around on the floor next to this pot with the very same plant growing out of that pot. Wow. Very cool. Now they grow crazy. They grow to the ceiling and you cut them off and then they grow back. They just keep growing and growing and growing. You can, you can make cuttings, root them, give them to people. It's the same rootstock though, that, that, um, that I was a toddler. I would around. love a cutting of that. I would think that would I would too. I will, I will start uh, potting them. I, prom I promise uh, Savannah one, okay. but I'll just, instead of just throwing them away, which they, which I do, I will start uh, rooting them and potting them for you Thank guys. You. I, I, I will give you a little container to put it in for me. If, if you wish, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, you know, I just realized my dad was really into, into knives and I guess I am too. Look at, look at this. Right. So this is a, a pocket tool, right? Yeah. And it has it has pliers and has knives and scissors and screwdrivers. And of course I have a bunch of Swiss Army knives. And I guess it's like a leatherman. Leatherman? Yeah. yeah. It's a ripoff of a leatherman. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I had a nice one too until my son decided to forget it was in his backpack and go to the airport. Oops. Yeah. So. Same one that busted your Sennheiser uh headphones no that's it no that's that, my youngest one busted my headphones my uh, oldest one was the one i'm glad i have girls they they never did anything like that <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a gender thing right it's yeah completely you know, skewed yeah jacqueline just has it easy right the rest of us mm -hmm. you know yeah oh yeah did dylan suzanne did dylan uh, break things lose things um uh, Dylan lost his own things with regularity. I mean, Dylan is sort of just easily distracted by fun and social things and people and that stuff. So he, we replaced lots of phones and, <clears throat> um, but I don't remember him losing any house, you know, house keys. I lost my key, stuff like that, but nothing, <laughs> of, nothing that I really remember. Wow. That's a huge, that's a huge pile of, of losses. How, how has this uh, pandemic affected Dylan? Um, well, he's in love. So that's been a good thing. There's been, you know, some quarantining with Glee, I think. And is that her name? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Her name is Glee. Um, I thought it was a TV show. <laughs> One of their roommates, there's five of them that live at her house, and uh, one of them had COVID and had to go quarantine at his girlfriend's house, I think down in Buckley or something. And so they had to quarantine for three weeks. The health department said they had prolonged exposure, so their, their quarantine regimen was a little more robust than the rest of ours. But he's back at work. There was a little, you know, he's finished out the crabbing season and then he kind of does construction when in between, you know, fishing. So there was a little bit of a lag there before uh, home building could resume, but he's been back at work. Pretty unscathed. Great. Do you watch the deadliest catch? I do not. Does he, does he know anybody on there or has he ever talked about it? Yeah, he has. And I, I think one of those boats is a local Anacortes boat. Um, and I think one of the guys who died maybe late 2020 was a local and well-known guy but yeah yeah 
I was just curious. My uh, uncle is the captain of the Southern Wind. It's the basically the last like two seasons. It's kind of the boat that they um, at least like focus on and he gets in some beef with some of the other, but he's been a fisherman up in Alaska for, you know, ever since I was little. So it's been probably 40 years he's been going up there. Um, but it's just recently he's actually gotten on on the deadliest catch and gotten a lot of visibility. So it's been kind of celebrity family member. I do. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. We got an author. We got a we got a we got a movie star, so to speak, or a TV star. Sorry. Yeah, they they kind of portrayed him in a bad light, which is unfortunate. He's a really cool dude. Um. So, oh well. Yeah, they got to get ratings. They they got to have drama. Yep, of course. So. Yeah. So he goes up there fishing, and now he's home. You said. He's home. Yep. Hey, crabs? Do you? I bet. I bet you worry about him going up crabbing. He doesn't. It's not uh, like Bering Sea king crab stuff. He's, okay. Um, yeah, Dungeness crab. He did coast crabbing a couple years ago in Oregon, which is dangerous, also. Um, and then he does a season, like a forty-day season for salmon, up in Bristol Bay. Okay. So oh, cool. I don't know. I you know now that he's he's pretty attached to his girlfriend now, and um, it kind of seems like he's gonna want to do something a little more home-based. Not home-based, but local. I get to see him more often, which is great. And yeah. And what's his girlfriend like? She's adorable. She's funny and beautiful and smart and really silly. And so the two of them just laugh. They're giggle pots and uh, they seem to be pretty darn compatible. So that's awesome. We're, we're, he's on board. Yeah. Wonderful to be young and in love. I know. They're so cute. Well, not to change the subject, but uh, these. Suzanne, these other two met my uncle Larry, speaking of um, uh, treasures, and his birthday was this week on Tuesday. I wished him happy birthday on Facebook. Oh, way to go. You know, so he's 89. Wow, he looks damn great for that age. Doesn't he? Yeah. I called him. He didn't answer. I left him a voicemail. Then he called me and hung up. So we we haven't spoken yet, but... um, uh i will i uh i'm glad you i'm glad you wished him well he's did, does he have a new girlfriend he has the same girlfriend he's had for for uh, the, the last year okay yeah so they're 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 going they're doing well so uh, we have a place to road trip to we have a place to road trip that he, he you know he w- wouldn't have a girlfriend that doesn't have houses and and uh uh bank accounts right <laughs> Is this an uncle on your father's side or your Yeah. Mother's? Yeah, okay. he's my my dad's baby brother. So he's the only Stell left. Uh, out of uh, was it eight kids? I think it was eight kids. Yeah. My dad was the oldest and Larry was the youngest. And where does he live? Oh, sort of Palm Springs area. Where the weather is very nice. <laughs> yeah. <it was. laughs> Yeah. The last place uh, he stayed, he had uh, a, a nice golf course and a golf cart with the president of the United States on the golf cart. Mm-hmm. Had a little story behind that. His little sister, he, he wasn't really the youngest. There was a younger uh, daughter, a sister. <laughs> I guess that's what you call them. Sister daughters. <laughs> and she oh. died. 
She died last year. She, oh. uh, she, but she got a lot of joy out of chain smoking. So, you know, it was, I think it was worth it for most of the time. Some people are just really, really good at smoking. Mm-hmm. Hard for them to stop doing that. Yeah. So- it was a it was a fire risk once you got on oxygen, but you know before that. And you're seeing clients, right, Suzanne? Yeah, yeah. Since the I did solely telehealth during the stay at home order, and then after that lifted, I went back to my office, and um, people were really grateful to have that opportunity to come back and be seen in person. I bet. I make everyone wear a mask and we're six feet apart, you know, hand sanitizing and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's, I'm busy. Yeah. There's definitely a shortage of therapists. I had, had to reach out to a couple friends to get referrals and it took my friend um, about a dozen therapist calls before he landed one for his child. So. Yeah. It's even harder to find one for a child. Reed, are you still seeing kids? No, I have moved on from kids, uh, especially I, I do only telehealth. So uh, that's, that's difficult. My youngest now is 19. Yeah, I, but I started with him, I don't know, five years ago. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. He hasn't changed. He's still a handful for his mom. But they love each other a lot and, you know, they're engaged in the therapy. So, but yeah, couples and families and kids, I've kind of moved on from, I still have some couples, but no new ones. Just to, I'm, you know, we, we need to be good to ourselves during, during the pandemic and not feel selfish. And so I'm taking it easy on myself, not, not taking on uh, borderlines and um, any new uh, folks in crisis. Just my, just my current crisis ones are enough. Yeah. Self-care is so important. So are you taking new referrals? Uh, No, no, no. I I keep, uh, keep pushing, pushing away my uh, referral contacts that I have say check with me in two months but I doubt if it'll change every once in a while I'll have a I'll have a week that's kind of open because you know my clients can schedule themselves in so the weeks fill up but if a week one or two weeks ahead of time doesn't there's a slot or two it's always uh, stimulating to have new new stories new issues yeah. And, and I like to be, I like to help when I can. A recent one that I took on uh, is from Turkey and uh, he's, he's doing well. His wife sends messages through him to me that, that he's getting better. So he's, he's kind of got, got some anxiety issues, but we, we talk a lot about Turkish literature and, and his time in the, in the army and, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, when you're getting all this history and, and trauma, uh, occurrences, you know, there's lots of, lots of fascinating stories to go with it. It's always a kind of a 
treat. It's a, a pleasure for me too, to hear about people who were raised in other countries and kind of dive into some of those cultural things. Um, I have to kind of check my own curiosity um, and focus more on the client work because that's what it's about. And uh, yeah. That's a, that's a really good point, the intersection between your own curiosity and what their needs are. Because I have an individual who's similarly like grew up uh, in a, a small African um, tribal community. And the main thing are some of the like power struggles of between his parents and, and how that affected him. But also like, um, it's just really fascinating some of the things he shared. And so I have to, again, kind of check check my own curiosity. It's a good point. Some of the work that seems to be recurring in, in those people um, kind of centers on like your trauma history, their trauma history and the associations of, of being where they're from kind of wrapped around that trauma. And so it's all so, kind of painted with the same brush and so there's kind of a rejection of the old country or the home country right. or the motherland because, you know, all of those old, you know, early experiences are kind of tied in with that. So I try to separate that out for them so they can have some space to appreciate where they're from. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think there's a, like for people who I've just had this similar experience. It's like once you can unwrap that for them, that they can have this pride in their where they come from, while still mm. not liking what was done at that sure. same. You know, so it's it's important that you have a uh, you know that sense of self that you have a sense of like where you come from and. Um, mm -hmm. It seems like a painful. It's a painful process for the folks that I've worked with, though, to kind of separate those things out. But that's what we're there for, right? Yeah. Yeah. The same way we have to separate uh, the good and the bad, so-called, from those who who were significant in our in our trauma histories. I've done that personally, of course, um, as we most of us have to do, I think. Yeah. yeah. True. You know, in Europe, you can buy home COVID tests for five dollars. What are they like? immediate like a pregnancy test or do you have to send them into a lab you know i should have asked that it comes I in think 20 you have to send them in it's i wouldn't be a bit surprised if you have to send them in but what, but then i'll find out I, but i only see this guy once a quarter that's how healthy he's getting that's what we need to come up with right or that's what some smart science person needs to come up with is you know pee on this stick or do a swab or something and you should know immediately if you have it. One of my friends from uh, that I've worked with, she started a business that they come to your house and they'll test you. It's not immediate, but it's, it's fast. So you don't have to go anywhere. Okay, this is from October of last year. Uh, this is a European website, Cordis Europa. And it says easy, affordable, ultra rapid testing for COVID-19. Corona test results in under a minute. EU backed researchers are developing a fast non-commercial test to be performed on site with minimal no training. So um, I don't know if, I don't know if it became available after this. Results in under a minute. Yeah. Really? 
So it has EU approval. Is it? That's in June it was approved. So yeah, they're selling them now. At five bucks? Yep. That's a deal. Why can't we get that here? Uh, I don't, big Pharma, you tell me. You know, you know, CVS is buying up all the all the mom and pop pharmacies. Well, that's Walmart bought up a bunch, and, and then CVS is, and the other ones have routing things to Costco now. There's lots of lots of consolidation in the industry. Yeah. So when you consolidate, you're able to control the market. So that's why we don't have cheap, ultra rapid home tests. Well, I guess I don't know enough to actually say that. Thanks to our sponsor, Fred's Pharmacy. <laughs> Down the corner. These fictional sponsors are, are, are hysterical. We should come up with some better names than Fred's Pharmacy, but, but that will work. It's just a mom and pop's pharmacy. Yeah. Fred will be crushed that you. <laughs> that you he, he spent he all lacks. the picking that up with Martha. Right. Suzanne, you were trying to say something. People kept talking over you. I was just going to add that I think Rite Aid bought Bartell Drugs, which was our local. Yeah, it's sad. Northwest for a hundred years or so, right? Yep, they sure did. Yeah. They're they're keeping the name though. At last I heard. Oh, not that I'm sentimental about it. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Good I'm a little back. sentimental. Well, Safeway was bought by uh, somebody. Safeway. Kroger. Kroger. Okay. And so they're together with Albertsons too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are, really, just, are you sure Safeway got bought by Kroger? Google it. Google it. Really? And Albertsons, that was a block away from where I grew up when I was a kid. And I think we should talk about what our favorite candy was when we were little. Mm. Love going, mm. picking, picking something out. Okay. What okay. do you got? I grew up in, you know, my candy days were in the 70s and well, longer than that, but <laughs> my formative candy days were in the 70s. And I remember picking the grossest possible candy because it was the biggest. So it was like the most bang for your sugar buck. And that was a Charleston chew. Oh, I knew you were going oh, to say that. I knew it. I love it. <laughs> Do you freeze them and smash them too? No, because they had to be devoured, of course. Now, wasn't the giant sweetheart even bigger though? Wouldn't you get a bigger sugar bang? I don't think we had the giant sweetheart back then. I don't oh, know. this was the size of a hockey puck. It was ridiculous. Yeah. You yeah. remember, right, Paul? I do. Rem I do remember that. But they yeah. were the. Yeah, I didn't. My that's my. Lot of, that's a lot to eat. My mouth is getting twingy just thinking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. I haven't had, do they make those anymore? I haven't even thought about that in 25 years. I don't Charleston know. Charleston Chews? Charleston Chews. Every yeah. candy bar that was ever made is available online. I've looked at some old okay. ones. Yeah. Bonomo's Turkish Taffy. You can get that. Do you want to know what I never understood was those, um, those Necco wafers. What the hell? Oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah. It's like antacid tablets. What are those? Chalky. Have you ever met anyone who likes them? <laughs> no. I dare you guys just out of the blue. You're, you're some, I don't know. You could be around your partner, friend, whatever. And just like 
oh man, you know what I could go for right now is a Neko, you know? Okay. There you guys, all of you. I'm, you know, I'll do it. <laughs> like, like really like make it, make it like a big deal. Just to see. <laughs> well, I will get back to you. Paul okay. won't do it, but I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> He's so red right now. He's already embarrassed. I'm like three shades. I'm almost as red as, ja- I'm almost as pink as Jacqueline's shirt. <laughs> I gotta cut wearing this shirt. You always uh, can refer to your face as the color of my shirt. Suzanne, have you heard us talk about the tasks we used to give each other on the road? No. Yeah, I would say we were in the Redwood Forest. We were at the gift shop. This is the one that jumps out to me. And I said, Jacqueline, I dare you to go up to that ranger and say, is that a Redwood or is God just happy to see me? Did I do it? And of course she did it. And then I said, okay, Paul, we're in Wairika. I dare you to skip down the street yelling, Wairika. Eureka. It wasn't Wairika, Eureka. Oh, it was Eureka. Did, did you do it, Paul? Of course not. <laughs> what a funny daddy. I do remember the gin and tonic, a picture of gin and tonics that we couldn't get. We asked for a picture did. of gin and tonics, yeah. But you know what? I think I told Dave about that, you know, being from Atlanta. Oh, we go, who are we talking about that? It was with Dave, right? You can do that. Yeah, he said, he said, yeah, we we have them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're so regular yeah, Washington. Washington State. <laughs> Actually, I think that was in California when we were asking for that. Or Oregon. Yeah, one of the two. Mm-hmm. I think it was all the way down in California. Anyway, if we ask you to do to do something embarrassing, Suzanne, would you do it? It depends on what it is. Oh, how about Nekos? Uh, the Nekos, are you into that? Like eating them or talking about them? Um, were you not listening the last? <laughs> did you not minutes? hear me? I am. I I did hear you. Let's talk to our ask say to our partner. I could really go for a Neko right now. It's sort of unfair because Nekos have been a topic of conversation in my house lately, which is probably why I'm talking about. What? Them. Yeah, they just came up. I don't know why. I went about candy but i do so let's get back to the original question <laughs> yeah well you got to find somebody uh a, a client or a colleague or uh, somebody at the check stand we'll do it how come you guys don't have neckos they are the best <laughs> neko wafers i demand them yeah most people won't know what you're talking about though they have to be of a certain age i think and then you just get to laugh hysterically internally that's it's only for you that's what's mm-hmm. so great about this I'll report back. Thank well, you. Thank you. Six, six slits. Those are mine. I loved those damn little six slits. And I, and you just get the little pack and you let them melt in your mouth. And the, like the casing was so thin that it would melt so quickly. I love that. Oh, is it, they're, they're chocolate, right? Yeah. They're just, li- and they're just like little BBs. They're round in a, in a tube. Yeah. Little yeah. cup balls. Yeah. Those are good. Tell you yeah. what's not good is raisinets. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not opposed to a raisin it. I'm not opposed to there, raisin it. There are two Either kinds of people for sure. Yeah. Mm. Hey, what about good and plenties? Is there a difference between the white ones and the uh, and the pink ones? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so do you guys like the white or the pink ones? Neither. Neither. The one that's not black licorice, I'm gonna have to say. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just like the casing of that. Like if I could just chew the white part off of that, I'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I used to go to the movies as a kid, uh, I liked Milk Duds. Mm. Yeah. 
Those are nice. But now I'm not a caramel guy, so I don't. I don't I, now I do. Uh, the you know the 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 America's most popular candy is peanut M and M's. What? Really? Yeah, the biggest selling. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's my favorite too. So if you went to the movies now and you had to pick between Milk Duds and Whoppers, what would you get? Oh, Milk Duds Whoppers. for sure. Gross. Milk Duds yeah. gross. I hate Whoppers. Malt. malt is gross. I used to eat Whoppers in the theater too. Absolutely. So here's the best solid candy in the United States. M&M's are number one. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups number two. Hershey's number three. Snickers number four. Kit Kat number five. Twix number six. Twizzlers number seven. Skittles eight. Dove Bar number nine that doesn't seem Question like that. Mark. And, well I, I i thought that was just a little higher in the three musketeers now, the best-selling candy at halloween believe it or not is skittles what that's not chocolate i know well that's candy just in general i love me some sprays too i forgot to tell you worldwide snickers is number one peanut reese's peanut butter number two uh the good old Tauberlone, or however you pronounce that, which is on the Friends episode. That's that long from Switzerland, that long triangle. Yeah, those are good. And Kit Kat number four, Dove number five, Cadbury. I love Cadbury. Twix, and then something called Milka. Does anyone have Milka? Uh-uh. No. Be something else. And Three Musketeers and Hershey. Anyway, very interesting. Monica always gives me a Toblerone for Christmas. A what? A Toblerone. They're excellent. I have to say, and they're easy to, to share. They break into nice little triangles. They're an interesting shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Suzanne, that you've been on the podcast now and you get the format, like, what do you think? I think it's great. It's fun. I would do it again. Oh, good. All right. We're putting you now for season three. Maybe we could all do it in person together in 2022. Ooh. Yeah. yeah with headphones yes. on i love it <sighs> or maybe by suzanne's birthday hey your son does you said your son lives down south somewhere no he lives up here oh okay i heard buckley so i didn't i oh just... that was his roommate's girlfriend lives down oh there. okay got it yeah I was, i'm down that way so i was gonna if you were coming down this way we could have the podcast here Long-distance romance. What no. is it with these people that have a girlfriend in Buckley, yet they live in Island County? That, yeah. Well, we're Skagit County. Um, nope. Nope. You're, nope. You're Island County. <laughs> no, we're Sorry. not. Nope. Look it we're up. Close. Very close to Island County. <laughs> Listen, let's not, let's not have a debate about who knows what, where people live. Pickens are a little slim for early 20-something professionals in in uh, zip code. And so I think, you know, if you're on... You got to go to Buckley. <laughs> I guess. That's oh, a thriving metropolis Buckley is. So I have to share this. Lap. I don't know how much time we have left, but... We have okay. two hours left. So I talked about my friend who lives in Manda, North Dakota, where it's minus 17. And she has really picked up the local jargon, you know, since she has lived there now for quite, I don't know, 15 years or something. And the last time she visited, she said something like, oh, it's a horse apiece. Have you guys heard of that? No. no. So it's like, I was like, what the hell? What are you talking about? What do you mean it's a horse apiece? 
So she said, well, it's kind of like six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Oh, so I get that one. So everyone gets a horse at the end of any sort of agreement that levels out. That's a terrible way to tell that story, but <laughs> now you, you can add that. Where is she from again? Originally, she's from Renton, Washington. Oh, she's, she's from Renton, but yeah, she but she picked she didn't pick it up in Renton. No, in Mandan, which is in what state again? North, North Dakota. Dakota. North Dakota. Okay, so uh, I I I see that it's used in Wisconsin. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. So six of one, half dozen of another. Doesn't matter either way. Both are the same. Mm -hmm. So why does it mean? It doesn't matter. A horse. Because somebody said, said Cause, so. Because everybody's getting a horse anyway. So why fight about it? Maybe you were going to bet my horse. I was going to bet your horse. And then it all came out even. And so we got a horse apiece. Mm. I don't approve at all. <laughs> <laughs> and she and she used it. She used that saying after what was talked about between you two. Yeah, she wasn't, it wasn't a novel thing that she was, you know, saying it was right, completely. It was like, oh, I want a muffin. Oh, no, we don't have enough. And you're like, no, horse apiece. Yeah. Yep. Okay. She's going to kill me. That. <laughs> a muffin or donut. <laughs> well, she's definitely on our subscriber list. We'll be mailing her. <laughs> okay, here's, here's some etymology for you. Thank you. And I... It looks like it doesn't have anything to do with horses, oh. which it can't because we each have a horse that doesn't make any sense at all. But in this uh, explanation, it's it may it uh, it may come from an old dice game called horse in which two players who have each lost a turn are said to be a horse apiece which may be a variant of horse and horse describing two horses. Oh, racing neck and neck down a racetrack. That makes no sense either. <laughs> I am. I'm a, we can't end the podcast on this. I'm too. I know. I get, I agree. I, yeah. I, that we both get a horse and, and it's okay. I like that. Hmm. Mm. What would we do with our horses though? Ride them. Yeah. Write them down to the story. Okay, so as long as we each have one, but what if yours is better than mine though? It's not. It's not the same. Oh, that's a horse of a different color. <laughs> uh, now, see that one makes sense. Players roll multiple rounds and try to get as many of a kind as possible. Sounds like Yahtzee, right? The player with the best hand in each round gets out of the game. Since so a drinking game, blah blah blah. Okay, it's a drinking game. So now they're just shouting out uh, nonsense. And, and this is where the podcast fades out. <laughs> a horse on me, and you. Good lord. Fade to black. I, I think that is a good fade out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Suzanne. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. It was great to get in touch, get to know what's going on with you. It was. If you have a you know a hole in your schedule and all the other cool people can't come, and I'm like the last second add on, I'm I'm happy to add nonsense to your. Thank friend. you so much. We would yes. love to slot you in with with uh, three four days notice.
And I have nothing but affection for, uh, for all of you and for my co-hosts, Paul and Jacqueline, and lots of uh, sentimentality toward our, our, one of the best guests we've ever had, Suzanne. Thanks for listening, and everybody, stay safe. To be clear, Paul has never killed a hobo. I feel like that shouldn't have to be clarified, but alas, people get ideas. Hope you had a good time today, and it was really good to see you again. Promise you'll stop by again soon? Why are we here? Why don't we know? What keeps us running? Are we really all alone? Where did we come from? If you keep on looking back, you finally get to nothing, and nothing can come from that. And I'll keep wandering in the shadows, keep on searching for the way. And in the meantime, I'll keep loving every single living day. And if we end like we weren't here, into the black and fade away. I'm going out with my heart burning and loving to my final day.